Hey, 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 what is up, legends? John Ferguson here again with another legendary podcast for Legendary Closer Radio. So today on the podcast, I want to talk about doing everything right and it still goes wrong. You know, that's one of the things that really irked me in my early days of selling was I followed the script, I followed the patterns, I answered the questions, and we had great conversations, great charisma, and we were really hitting it off, me and my prospect. But when it came down to it, they ended up having more questions at the end and not buying from me. And I was frustrated and I did not know what to do. So let's get into it. What changed? Here's the real question. How do real closers like us, direct sales, telemarketers, and independents, who refuse to cheat, overpromise, or embellish, who don't rely on discounts and guarantees, but want to close more sales with less effort? How do we build massive incomes, yet at the same time, live life to the fullest? That is the mystery, and in this podcast, we'll uncover the secrets for today's market. My name is John Albert Ferguson, and welcome to Legendary Closer Radio. All right, welcome back. So we've been discussing a few things in the Facebook group about scripting, and I've been spending quite a bit of time discussing and teaching and developing every single Wednesday inside of our Facebook group for at least an hour going over scripting and and how that can benefit you as a salesperson. And I wanted to come in today on the podcast and discuss something that no script can help you with. And that is when you're doing everything right, but it all still seems to go wrong. So, you know, to bring it all home, I remember the first time I actually recognized what was going on. I was actually on a call floor. I was selling a high-priced item, high-priced coaching, mentoring courses. And I thought I was having great conversations with the people that I was looking to enroll. They loved the expert. They had a really, really strong bond with the material that they had consumed already. And for me, I was really just looking for an opportunity to enroll them up, right? Get them into better products, get them working closer with this person who is going to be coaching them and teaching them and and helping them along the way. What I didn't realize was, is that although the conversation was going well, I think I was missing something because at the end of the day, it was broken. They had more questions. I wasn't able to close them. And it was very, very frustrating. And, you know, the problem was, is, is I just really wanted to kind of overcome the need to handle a lot of objections And be able to help them with their concerns of buying, help them get out of their own way to acquire what we were trying to sell them. And what I realized was in those main moments, I was making a bigger deal out of some of the questions and they weren't objections. They're actually buyer's questions. You know, when people want to own something, they're going to ask questions and they're going to ask specific questions and they're not objections. See, early on, I was you know, making all these personal internal judgments about why they're asking questions. Hey, maybe I didn't do a good enough job. Maybe I didn't follow the script. Maybe I said something that was off topic and got them to ask this question. But for the majority of people, they're just curious about the next step. If you do this right, you're going to develop a relationship with them. And in a short period of time, they're going to have trust with you. And so a lot of those questions aren't objections. They're just some concerns. Sometimes they want to know a little bit more or explain in a different manner so that 
they're able to succeed. And so it's probably not that your objections or the way you handle objections are broken. It's probably just them being curious. And most people get curious when they're ready to buy because they start to envision themselves ready to purchase. You know, when I was looking at this, I was actually using what they call objection scripts. I don't know if any of you as listeners have ever used an objection script, but objection scripts are these pre-thought out patterns, right? They're sometimes zingers. They're sometimes sentences or phrases that gurus sell you on. That's kind of like your silver bullet to close. And I was using them. I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll use a few of these. And, you know, I didn't really think that it was authentic. I didn't think that I was actually being who I needed to be to serve these people when I was using these kind of rebuttal statements. And it always felt awkward. Anytime I pulled one of those phrases out or sentences out that were the silver bullet phrase, I always kind of felt weird, felt really awkward. And, you know, a lot of times maybe I, I, and again, back to prejudgments, I prejudged them on the fact that maybe they just weren't ready. Maybe they just weren't the right client. And that's why they're asking me these questions. And, you know, maybe I did do the, uh, the best job that I possibly could. And it's on them to really kind of get over themselves. And so I had all these internal battles going on. And what I found out was, is that it wasn't the objection scripts that were so bad because obviously, you know, if we're in sales, we're, you know, I've purchased, you know, programs, packages. And I remember the first time I got a program from one of my early, early, early mentors, Tom Hopkins. He actually gave us kind of his 20 top rebuttals statements, 20 top, you know, closes that you could, you know, keep on cards or you can keep next to your desk and you could use them. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. But I quickly found out that a lot of times you make those statements, what happens? That's right. It causes a reaction. And sometimes it's not the best reaction. A lot of times it can cause a reaction that would make that prospect fight you or get into an argument or into a conversation that you did not want it to go down because you made a, a logical statement that you're trying to prove a point. Well, that's not how it works. How it works is you have to help the person get out of their own way and then they prove the point to you and you have to help them and lead them through that. And so I don't use objection statements anymore. What we have crafted are these discussion points and these discussions are well scripted out. We spent time to understand sales copy and communication and a really good book. I don't really drop a lot of books on the podcast, but a really good book that's out there is called Influence. There's also one called Prefluence by Robert Cialdini and two phenomenal books on influence and how to talk to prospects and some of those internal triggers that are, are inside of all of us and why we act the way we do. There's actually six of those. And so what we've done is we've taken scripts, modified them to what was taught in that book and those courses and those trainings, used a really good copywriter in kind of a, our own little mastermind, our own little team. And we said, hey, look, here's the outcome. Here's what they have to go through. And here's what we want to accomplish. And so we came up with these different, I hate to say paragraphs, but they're really scripts. They're scripts within the script that at the end of the day, if you've done something right. You know, everything went really well and they have a simple challenge. And I wouldn't even say it's an objection. It's more of a, a concern. Objections are, Hey, put the brakes on. This does not work for me. A concern is 
Maybe they've got an event that coincides with your event that you're selling. Maybe they're already in some type of coaching and you forgot to ask them about it. First off, shame on you. Don't ever do that. But if they have said, yeah, I'm in coaching, but it should work out. And then over the course of your sales process, over the phone, and they say, well, wow, this is you know what you're offering is fantastic. I really don't think it's going to coincide because of how much time I got to put in. That becomes a concern, right? Not necessarily an objection, but a concern. And so we're at a point now where we have to have a little bit deeper conversation. You've probably heard me on the podcast talk about uh, three levels deep on questions. Well, this would be the fourth level. <laughs> and it usually you don't really have to pull it out of your toolbox unless you're at the end of the sale and they've got a concern. It's a buying question concern. Okay. I know that sounds a little weird, but they want to purchase, but they have just this little simple bump in the road that they have to overcome. And your job is to help them overcome it, not by giving them some stupid closing phrase or a zinger, but to have an actual conversation off the topic of what you're selling them for them to parallel an equal example. I'm just going to give you one. So for instance, when somebody's looking to become an entrepreneur, right, and you're selling uh, business coaching, let's say, and your business coaching and your business masterminds and your courses are stellar, they're, they're off the charts. The person you're trying to sell, they love it. They're stoked. They're like, oh my gosh, I want in. And they get to the end of the road and they say, look, is this really the price? Like, is it really going to be, you know, $15,000? Is there any, you know, way that we can partner on the first results and, you take, you know, some money out of my business or maybe you take 15, 20% of my company that I start and that's how you get paid to mentor me or help me. Well, first off, you know, we know as a salesperson, if you're the closer, you're not getting a commission on that kind of a sale very well. Number two, your subject matter expert, your entrepreneur, so to speak, they probably aren't in the business of whatever their business is, right? They're probably not in the business of acquiring businesses yet. Now, some entrepreneurs are. Some people that you're working with, that you're selling for, they'd be glad to take 50% of somebody's business and then help them. But then they become a partner. It's a much more, much deeper dynamic when it comes to that. I don't think a lot of you who are listening to this are in that level or in that type of a sale. Most of us are selling coaching, training, masterminds, network marketing products and services, really the, the high level services from you know $15,000 to $100,000. It's probably the price ranges that we're at. So in the type of sales. So in that case, what do you do, right? If they're kind of putting the brakes on right there, what do you do? I've seen it where there are hardcore closes out there. Well, they'll lay the smack down, right? And they'll start a process of pointing the finger and, you know, literally putting their foot down and trying to make the person guilt trip into buying. And that's just I don't understand that. I don't know why anyone would ever do that. Number two, I would never purchase based on that. And if I did, I'd feel guilty, probably never use the product. And I would hate myself for taking that action. And you don't want your clients to do that. As a coach, uh, as a consultant, as an expert looking to work with closers or you're closing yourself, you know, you don't want to get into that situation or that scenario where you're now seen as the bad guy. You know, that's not a good position to be in. You don't hold a lot of influence when you're teaching and training and developing somebody if you're in that spot. And so, you know, but what you can use are pre-crafted discussions that you can actually lead somebody down that gives them examples. For instance, when, you know, somebody says, hey, I want to see all of your testimonials 
based on your product. And I want to talk to some of those people over the telephone. There are very simple rebuttals for that. If somebody says, hey, that previous example, I, you know, I'll split my sales with you or whatnot. There are pre-crafted examples that you can build into your business. And so you know your business the best. You know what you're selling better than I do because we're you know here on the podcast. But they're very universal. And the goal is to parallel their question to something outside of what you're selling. For instance, working in, let's say, the real estate investment industry, a lot of times you'll get clients that will, they want coaching, they want support, they want you to work with them. And, you know, they're like, well, I'll give you all my profit on my first deal, right? And that's kind of like going into Harvard University saying, hey, make me a surgeon, put me on your staff and give me half the proceeds of the, the next brain surgery and then I'll pay you right? You know, make me successful and then I'll pay you. Or, you know, there's so many examples that I can get in there. And you guys can think of probably a hundred. But what I did was I started looking at all these different parallels. I started writing them down. And so when you hear a statement like that, write it down. Okay, well, what are the parallels? What are the things that you could share with them that makes their statement or their concern, I would kind of say obsolete, that really eliminates it and makes them feel like, oh, that's kind of weird that I even asked that, (laughs) you know? So just realize that, you know, objection statements or zinger is probably not the best way, but you can actually create the conversation. Now, how do I start that? When somebody throws that wall up, the first thing shouldn't be a statement. And the only way for me to not feel awkward is to what? I kind of alluded to it earlier on, is to ask that fourth dimension question. What's really going on here, right? And in your head, you can start to think outside the box. Okay, they have this. You can kind of think, okay, did I hit my script? Okay, hit this, hit this. You're kind of, this is all going a million miles a minute as a salesperson, right? But pause a second and hear them out. Listen to what's going on. Write it down. Especially if you're in person, they really like to see that you care. And if you're in person and you're taking notes, then they're going to be like, oh, okay, wow, this person gets it. This gal gets it. She's she's on, on point. And then once you've allowed them to kind of relieve, release that pressure, then ask them a question. Ask them what makes them feel that way. Why do you say that? How would you see us proceeding? Get deeper. Do you think that your goals will be met in the time frame that you want to meet them if you take that step? Or if you don't take that step, just be real with these people. You know, a lot of times, and it's not kissing their butt, it's not holding their hand, it's not being, you know, friendly, you know, like trying to be their friend and and beg them to buy. What you need to do is kind of break the ice, sometimes slow everything down, release the pressure, and then they'll purchase. Other times, they need a little bit more pressure. Other times, they need to be shown their actions of the past. You've done your job right asking questions in the initial conversation. You'll know if they procrastinated before because they will, will have told you. You'll know if their biggest concern is is too much analysis. And you could show that to them as their mirror and you know bring up the times that they failed. Bring up the times that they made the wrong decision because they allowed those things to control the way they made decisions, especially when you're at that point of enrollment. You've done everything right. You've got all the information. Sometimes they just need a little nudge and other times they need the pressure to be relieved. So let them do it. Don't let them off the hook, but let them do that for just a, a, you know, that one talking point and then get right back on. You know, I have seen when I have literally pulled back and I'm not saying take away clothes either. I'm not saying, well, this isn't for you. What I'm saying is, is you literally pull the pressure off. Say, okay, whoa, let's press pause. What's, what's going on here? 
right? What questions do you still have? What what haven't I answered? What haven't I shared with you that would make this make 100% sense to you? If you kind of pull back the reins and you don't completely take it away, you still have that level of trust. If you go in for the push, you know, it's, is look, you know, here's something that's repeating, right? You know, the outcome when, you know, you repeat your actions, what happens? Well, first off, it's the definition of insanity if you're expecting the same results. And right now you're falling back into what? That definition of insanity of what you told me you did not want to do. And it's why you procrastinate. So in order to get you through so you can take action so you're not a procrastinator anymore and you can love yourself again and and trust your decision-making skills, what is it that I can answer for you in this moment so that you can feel confident in your personal decision to succeed? Now, right there, none of those sentences, none of those phrases, none of those conversational tactics did I ever ask them to buy. Did I ever tell them that our stuff is the bomb? Not once. Right there in those phrases, I wanted them to see themselves as the hero. I wanted them to see themselves as the hero of the story, and I'm just the guide. I'm the dude along the way that's going to provide the tools for them to reach those goals so that they can love themselves, they can be excited about what they're doing, and then they can finally make that decision. But now they've got somebody on their side and that can lead them, right? They see you more as a leader and an expert advisor. If you take that kind of a role rather than the pushy person or the hardcore takeaway guy, right? Or gal, right? Does that make sense? Anyways, guys, uh, that's it for the podcast. Uh, If you're in the Facebook group, get ready for this Wednesday. We are going to be doing some phenomenal stuff with scripting. If you're not, get in there quickly. So if you're just starting out, you're probably studying a lot. And that's a good thing. You're probably digging into all the methods to close, right? That's also good. But the hardest part is figuring out how to close without causing objections. You know, the ones you have to handle before they'll give you their cash, right? That's also what I struggled with for a while. It actually made me quite furious until I learned this simple template. So I created a special training to help you out. It's called Sales Inception Questions, or just Sick Fury for short. This will get you on track with the right questions and more importantly, the right sales conversation to lead you to the prospect's secret buying triggers. Want to have it? It's a very powerful way to let you in on unlocking the secrets to close your prospects with ease. I'm only giving it away for a short time period before I lock it back up into our main training. But you can get access to it at sickfury.com forward slash free. That's S-I-Q-F-U-R-Y dot com forward slash free. We'll see you on the inside. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the podcast if this is adding value to your life.